This is a Hot Pie Media original. This podcast is brought to you guys by BetterHelp.com. Uh, is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Well, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist and you'll get a timely, thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you don't ever have to go into that uncomfortable waiting room as you do with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living happier today. Visit betterhelp.com slash gray. That's better com slash gray and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. Special offer for all gray area listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash gray, G-R-A-Y. We do the shows. They take us to the after party at what we very quickly discerned was a vampire bar. Absolutely. All red. All red. Like, mm-hmm. No mirrors. Very gothic nope. look to it. Uh, yep. I remember there being like chandelier. Uh, yep. And it was lace. Just, yeah. Yes. And uh, the guy comes up and he's talking to us. And and I think we all had the thought like this dude is mad questionable. But you're the one like I remember when you when the words came out your mouth, I was like, oh, shit, we're about to get kicked out. But you just kind of smiled at the guy. and You were like, you're a familiar, ain't you? And he's like, <laughs> Excuse me. He goes, don't lie to me. You're a familiar. You're he's like a familiar. Let me see your lip. <laughs> Let me see your lip. Pull your lip down. <laughs> And I was like, oh, shit, we're about to get kicked out of this fucking bar. guys joining us this week on the podcast uh comedian extraordinaire out of san antonio uh i would say he's one of my best friends but that's not true he's like a brother to me uh i love this guy sincerely from the bottom of my heart uh larry garza jumping on the gray area podcast he's got a roast on december 29th uh if you're watching this as it drops tonight uh december 29th larry garza lol comedy club san antonio Texas. Larry, how you doing, brother? I'm great. I just found out a few minutes ago that my the roast sold out. No shit. It sold out. So uh, uh, we are going to be streaming it. So uh, for people who want to participate, uh, go to uh, Comedia Agogo's YouTube or Facebook page. And it's going to be December 29th uh, at 8 p.m. Uh, you can log on uh, early. 
and uh, stream it for free. And all we're asking is uh, to make donations to my Venmo at Larry Garza or my Cash App, uh, Larry Gar- Dollar Sign Larry Garza Comedy, or what, uh, however uh, you'd like to pay. And if you want the GoFundMe information, uh, just message me at Larry Garza Comedy on, on Instagram. And find a way to watch it if, if it's streaming. It's going to be streaming. So watch it since you can't get tickets anymore. Make sure you guys uh, check it out. Follow Larry Garza. You will find all the info. Uh, I am very sad that I'm not going to be able yes. to make it. Uh, I will be. I'm very sad that you're not going to be able to be on the dais. Yeah, I'm very upset about that. But uh, it's really hard to roast you anyways. Don't worry. I am working on a video. Um, I will say this, though. I will say this. And this is something that I would say at the roast. Uh, when when I was recording my album, when I was recording my album, do you remember what you did before the second show? Uh, I whispered something in your ear. You did whisper something in my ear. Yes. Do you remember what you whispered in my ear? D- remind me. So as I, uh, I'll set the scene for you guys. Uh, I know it was a it was a dick thing. That, it that it was it was uh, so <laughs> we uh, it was two shows. Uh, we had just finished the first show, and the second show's going. In fact, White Cotton Jay White Cotton is uh, on stage, and he's getting ready to bring me up. And as he's introducing me, Larry, not my best friend, but my brother, mm-hmm. is standing next to me. And I was to be honest with you, I didn't expect you to be there that night because you've been dealing with your health stuff. Yeah, I didn't expect I to see sick. you. Yeah. Um, and the fact that you showed up there uh, meant the world to me. Right. And then. Yeah. Right. As Jay, like literally Jay is this next guy is the guy you guys came to see uh, recording an album. I want you guys to make some noise. And just as he said that you shook my hand, you brought me in and gave me a big hug. And in my ear, you whispered, I'm still better than you. <laughs> <laughs> and as, and as you said that, Jay goes, Aaron, cheat him. And I was like, I couldn't even respond. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I walked on stage and I'm, and I watched the video and the first like 15 seconds of me being up there, I'm very perplexed. I have this look on my face like motherfucker. <laughs> well, I didn't want to do it before the first show for sure, because I wanted you to get that, you know, get the nerves out. That's what the first show is for. Second show is, uh, is, is so you could be more relaxed and be more yourself. So I wanted to piss you off in a Jordan kind of way. Oh, that was and 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 get you on your A game because you're not better than me. Uh, uh no, I said that wrong. You... I'm not better than you. Um, it was just uh, something just to hype you up. Yeah, it, yeah. Congratulations. Congrats! Because like and, I couldn't, and, even, and it came out well, from what I understand. The second, the second show, you you murdered. Yeah, it was it was good. Um, and I, but yeah, it, I went into it with a little bit more anger than I, I was leaning <laughs> into shit a little bit harder. Like motherfucker, you gonna tell me? So, but for the record, though, I still have both my kidneys, so I'm better than you. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. You're gonna meet your grandkids, so yeah, lucky that's you. yes, yeah, lucky me. and I'm gonna meet your grandkids too. Uh, so winner. yeah, yeah, you are. You so look better. So that's oh, th- can we cuss on the absolutely? Podcast? Okay, yeah. So that's that's um that was my headlining roast joke. That's all. That was that was my closer. <laughs> that was the closer. See, I, I'm I was so excited when you asked me to do the podcast because you and I have so many stories. You and I have more stories than anybody that I, I worked with period. Like you're, if I have the opportunity to take somebody with me anywhere, you're always my first choice because I know for some 
strange reason, whatever God has intended for you and I, it's always, always interesting because you do such odd things like that Selena cup. You got I do odd you. things. You do the oddest things. Are you kidding me? And and they're not odd in the <clears throat> they're they're subtly odd. Like <laughs> I like I said, that Selena Cub you got in front of you. I remember I I was headlining the show in, in Corpus Christi at Gators mm-hmm. and you just left. You weren't you, you weren't even smoking. At, like before you would leave to go get oh, that's right. sometimes because Aaron would Batman. He would just <laughs> Batman all the time where you were just like, where the fuck did Aaron go? And he'd come back with a pack of smokes and a, like, you know, a, a tuna sandwich or whatever. <laughs> but I, I remember this time in Dallas, it, it was me and, and Amber, my merch, my merch uh, uh, girl. And you just, you, you, you Batmaned and we're like, we didn't know where Aaron went. And then all of a sudden you come back and you're, you're eating something from the gas station Chicken. It was fried chicken. Yeah, it was fried chicken. That's I got fried right. chicken. It was, was greasy ass fried chicken from a stripes. <laughs> and if no one knows what stripes is, it's it's a it's a gas station that that has like you know like Mexican food in it. It's, it's in it's, South Texas. You can South only find Texas. them like down in South Texas. Yeah, and you got three collectible Selena mugs and a regular like something to drink. Yeah, I didn't want to ruin chicken. my cups day one. Yeah, they were they were they were like the uh uh still in the in the in the plastic in the wrap. Yeah, yeah. I think I took I, one I, of them up on the stage with me that night. I think I took you one sure of them. Did you, you you you? I had to pander to the crowd. We were in Corpus. I had to pander a little bit. They went ape shit. It was hard to follow you that night. Like you were, you were, you were, you just you didn't give a. F- I think you took the fried chicken too, if I'm not mistaken. I, that that would not surprise me. Uh, that, okay, yeah. maybe I do do some things that are. I said do do. I uh, do things that are uh, a little weird, sli- slightly subtly. I wouldn't call them weird. They're 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 odd and and eccentric, and I and I love it because it just makes me laugh. It's just like I can say in a sentence if someone was to come up to me, where did Aaron go? Oh, uh, he ran to get some Selena cups and fried chicken very quick. Like, and it actually makes sense. Anybody that knows me would be like, okay, yeah, that sounds about uh, right. Oh yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we've had tons of stories. It's funny. Cause I had Bobby, uh, on. And so, uh, oh, uh Bobby Smith. Bob, oh man. Come on. You better leave Bobby Sean Elliott Smith, alone. Yeah. That's Sean Elliott with Avery Johnson's voice. (laughs) Oh, you don't have Avery Johnson's voice. It's like a a mix of of Kermit and Bootsy Collins. Oh, I want to be with you. Who? Yeah, that's all I No, no. uh, um, Cameo. Kermit and Cameo. Okay. When you do a a Bobby, it's like. uh, (laughs) It's got a little bit uh, of Cleveland in it. A little bit of Cleveland, little uh, balloons on the mailbox is a universal <laughs> symbol for potty over here. Anyway, I'm just playing, y'all. It's Bobby's fifth. Yeah, I could do Bobby all day. Yes, uh, I had him on, and he brought up uh, he brought up a story about. Uh, he's like, you. I heard he said, I heard you do wild stuff. You and Larry be doing wild stuff on the road. Like y'all stopped at some abandoned school or something. Damn right. And I and I kind of told the story a little bit, but yeah, we've had. So the very first time that either of us got paid to perform mm-hmm. out of town mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, was together. And that was in Corpus Christi at Oasis. Mm-hmm. And and then, of course, there's the legendary stories of the Sugar Shack that happened at night. And, but, and the legendary stories of uh, the, the Houston. Yes, the Houston. Uh, 
fiasco. Like the, and, we have stories the, from uh, uh, what I'm saying. The, is from, the, va- the vampires in the, the vampires valley. in. No, that was in Houston. That was in Houston. The vampires are in the valley. No, it was in Houston. Because they, they, they had oh Isaac's house too. Yes, they were in the valley and in Houston. Oh, you're right. That, because we were at that blade party. Yes, and where you asked the guy if he was a familiar, <laughs> and you wanted that. to see his lip. <laughs> you're like, let me see your lip. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. a real. <laughs> so I forgot all about the vampires in Houston. Yes. So mm-hmm. like so we have we, our entire careers, uh, if you will. We've 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 been together. We've traveled together, yes. and we've got massive stories because we've always been tight. You know, going back yeah. to Comedia Gogo. So it wasn't like you and I were strangers. We were already brothers when we hit the right. road. And when you, yes. I, and Regan, or you and Regan and me would hit the road, like every time, every single time we w- went anywhere, we always came back with something because we lived it to the utmost. Um, and that yeah. Houston thing, I thought we were going to die for sure in that bar. Um. And I'll tell the story for them. Yeah, please do. But one thing I want to preface is uh, when you hear, oh, I heard y'all did some wild shit or, oh, I heard it was crazy. And, oh, man, it was, was, uh, I I, want to preface it with, we don't drink and we don't do drugs. I mean, I, I think we do worse stuff now and it's boring versus back then because we didn't do anything but try to get free food that's really what it was all about was trying to get some some free shit some on the load yeah yeah that that really was what it and making sure we got paid mm-hmm. and so before before you tell your stories i just want to let the you know listeners know you're not going to hear oh man we got so drunk that blankety blank or we got high and then ended up in the no we were all stone Hold cold on. sober i i might have gotten high yeah but that doesn't count it, it you being high has nothing to do with what we did. No, nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. And to be nothing honest, it, the high stuff, I didn't start getting high until probably exactly. la- later on. But the early, the exactly. early days, it was all a lot these of stories. You were sober. Th- that's the crazy thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we go to Houston. Our first time performing in Houston at the yep. uh, Main Street Improv. And we were wow, booked. good memory, man. It's crazy how this works. Uh, we were booked by Carlos Silva, Silva Dollar Productions. Yeah, Carlos Zil- Silva put and that name out there. He uh he booked us for two shows that night. We had two shows that night, and yeah, it was me and, me and Regan uh were supposed to feature for Chris Mata and Tommy Munoz was on the show, and who myself was also double booked as a feature for Chris Mata, mm-hmm. and you were gonna open. Mm-hmm. Yep. And. We do that. We we do the we get the we get the town early, uh, which is one yeah. of my favorite things about riding with you and Regan is we always got the towns hours ahead of the show. Uh, now with me and myself, I probably get there thirty minutes before <laughs> right the show. Time. But uh, <laughs> this is also we like get there hours early so we could have dinner and and chill. Relax. And you guys yeah. are very responsible. Uh, we get there <laughs> early and we go to an Asian restaurant. And as we're yeah, and as we were going in, I remember looking around and there was all these weird symbols on buildings that we thought were glyphs. Mm -hmm. And so we're sitting there at this Asian restaurant eating pho or something. And it's like, uh, we got chopsticks and shit and we armed ourselves with chopsticks because we were (laughs) slightly afraid of the potential of vampires Vampires, being in Houston because we're seeing glyphs everywhere. Yeah. And, and there, and chopsticks are made of wood and And we we make crosses real quick. Yeah. yeah, we made crosses. Sharp, I sharpened a couple off just in case they need to be used as stakes. Uh, yep. <laughs> we go do the show. 
and the two shows, and they were actually really good. I remember them being oh, like yeah, good crowds and great shows, uh, great reaction. And then he takes us to an after party, which yeah, uh, but you got you, you're you're skipping the fact that again that they double booked uh, the features mm-hmm. and Mata didn't at first want us to perform, so we ended up cutting our time dramatically uh, just so all of us could do it because we were told angrily that uh we would still get paid what, what was promised and at the time this was the most that any of us were getting paid now i'm not saying mm. tommy and chris mata but for us it was Re- me and regan and you it was like the highest pay we were gonna get and it was like 500 bucks or something like that but at the time it might as well have been five hundred thousand. yeah for me it was a hundred dollars for two shows so it was like two hundred dollars yeah. uh yeah so I was like, yo, this is, that's the shit right there. We're, so we, uh, that, that we had all that going on. We do the shows. They take us to after parties. And this is a thing that's not, uh, the, the game has kind of changed. Cause back when we were doing this in the early two thousands, like after parties, after a comedy show were legit a thing. There was always, is it gotta, not a thing anymore? Um, no, nah, not really. Not oh, really, man. That's sad. Not that's really. Sad. Like, nah, it depends. It's, it varies, but it used to be every time we went on the road, the people throwing the show would take us out, you know, to drink or we we were required to go to places a lot of times. Like, yeah. The, the, like when you were talking about the sugar shack, like the person that owned the bar that we performed at owned another place and they would tell the people uh, at the venue we performed at go to the other place because mm-hmm. the comics are going to be there for the after party. Yep. So that was usually. Yeah. Yep. Which they never paid us for the after party. They, now that no, I think no. about it, we should have got but paid it, for after parties. But we got free drinks and stuff. We did, and, get, and we got food because we didn't really drink. It wasn't like it, it was like okay, but if we did, you drank, so I'm sure it was fun for you. You know, it would, getting it, it paid on top of didn't free change alcohol. anything. Didn't change anything. I would have head butted that chick in the stomach regardless. No, I'm not saying it changed <laughs> anything, but I'm just I'm just saying like. You know, it's not like we're we're uh, uh, throwing the money that we got paid back into the bar. For sure. You know? For sure. Yeah. Uh, so we do the shows. They take us to the after party at what we very quickly discerned was a vampire bar. Absolutely. All red. All red. Like mm-hmm. no mirrors. Very gothic nope. look to it. Uh, yep. I remember there being like chandelier uh, yep. and it was lace. Just, yeah. Yes. And uh, the guy comes up and he's talking to us. And and I think we all had the thought like this dude is mad questionable, but you're the one like I remember when you when the words came out your mouth, I was like, oh, shit, we're about to get kicked out. But you just kind of smiled at the guy and you were like, you're a familiar, ain't you? And he's like, <laughs> Excuse me. He goes, don't lie to me. You're a familiar. You're he's like a familiar. Let me see your lip. <laughs> Let me see your lip. Pull your lip down. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, we're about to get kicked out of this fucking bar. <laughs> like, Well, uh, Tommy, rest in peace. Uh, was a TABC agent. Like he he taught uh Texas alcohol uh something you know like uh, alcohol beer commission something something like alcohol that. and beverage commission right. And so he was a uh, uh, a person who gave licenses to bartenders, and we were there after two a.m. And so they were breaking the law. So Tommy, I remember. Like, because we were waiting to get paid mm-hmm. and that Carlos guy took us to this other place to be like, well, let's go here and have a few drinks first. Yeah. And it was like two 30 in the morning and, and all of us were just like, well, what the fuck are we doing here? 
And then Tommy goes, you know, I could shut this down if I wanted to. And then he flashes his TABC card to the bartender, tells him, you know, like, I didn't know this part. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and he told him that. And then Carlos is like, let's get out of here. And like, you, you know, took that's when we left. That's why we left. OK. And then we go and we drop off uh, Chris at a very nice we hotel. We go to that Mexican restaurant. There was a Mexican restaurant. I forgot this part. Yeah, we we go to, he was like, you guys hungry? And we're like, sure. And so then we go to this really shitty neighborhood and eat really shitty Mexican food and, and you know, hand-drawn uh, uh, signs and stuff like that. The place used to be like, you know, like a, like a shoe store, like a pay less, but it was a fucking Mexican restaurant now. And Carlos ate Menudo and we had like a couple tacos. Mata had, uh, had a friend, remember I kept, teasing you don't remember I do. yeah mata had someone with him and we kept on uh calling her like my sister like we kept fucking with her and uh mata it was the first time mata had like experienced comedia gogo experienced us like hanging out oh he was done with us by the end of that day yeah uh, no no he, he he became a fan because we were we were fucking with that uh uh friend uh, that he had brought and real bad and he was cracking up lava you can believe it and then after the mexican restaurant uh or so carlos silva pays for our food Mm -hmm. and goes all right uh and i go and this is like at four or five in the morning and we're still waiting to get to our hotels because he kept saying i'm gonna take y'all there after i'm gonna take you after i'm gonna take you after and so then we go to that one hotel and that's uh when the uh carlos drops the sand n-word yeah in in the in the parking lot because he never booked hotels for for us and he was going to these really shitty motels Mm -hmm. that were i guess like 40 dollars a pop trying to get us all in and he was up uh trying to he was telling us to hide in a car so he can get it was just one person person rate yeah Mm -hmm. so he went to we went to that one shitty uh motel called him a sand nigga and then we that was a no-go yeah. And then we went to another one and they were able to get uh, Mata and Tommy a room. And well, no, he got them uh, in a nice hotel. They were in nicer ones. No, no. They, they were on a on a roadside motel. Were they? We, we had we, it, it was nicer than the one we ended up in, but they were in a in a roadside motel. Well, compared to the one we were in, I thought they were in a Hilton. Sure. I mean, yeah, arguably, but it wasn't a nice hotel. It was a shitty. I keep saying hotel. It was a motel. OK off off the highway and uh the person the manager was outside you know that's a bad sign like you know uh, you know in in one of those booths outside like a like a when, yeah. you, when you pay for parking or like when you and, go to get gas and the doors are closed yep. at night and you have to talk yep. through the window it was like that and it was a it was a, a an indian man and they were yelling at each other and then carlos calls him a, a san n-word real loud in the middle of the parking lot and every time he was paying he was paying with this big wad of cash it is giant wad of cash and so then we finally go to another mo- we go to a motel no luck and then another motel and then uh the person in, in the same you know the manager just had meth teeth. I I had never seen real meth teeth before, but it was like baby teeth right here. And on the bottom, it like just burned out, I guess, from the pipe. And she was, she was in charge 
and they were available. Oh, and the room was 25 bucks. I remember that. So it was a $25 motel and we were exhausted at this point. Yes. And uh, they only had one room with a king size bed and it was me, you and Regan. And this is before Regan lost weight. Mm -hmm. And so we, do you want me to continue the story? We can't. The the floor, I remember walking in and the floors were sticky. Like, well, yeah, because Regan was like, you know what? I'll sleep on the floor. Mm -hmm. I don't mind. And then me and you were like, you know, we're good. We'll sleep back to back. And we, we walk in. So Regan touches the, the carpet and it's soaking wet. It's, it's damp. Yeah. And uh, smelled like cigarette smoke. Um, it looked like blood in the in the bathroom. It might have been rust the ba- on the wall, yeah. but it looked like blood in the, on the walls in the bathroom. Yep. And so we turn on. Uh, oh, and then we play paper rock scissors for who's going to sleep in the bitch. middle. Yeah. And and I I got bitch. Yep. Which was fine. And so then we turn on the TV with the remote control, and it's hardcore pornography. Yep. And I, and I mean, like, impressively hardcore. <laughs> like, I remember thinking, like, I thought you can only get this on the Internet. But apparently, no, it, it, there is a there is a channel for it at this motel. Yeah, they probably and, they probably filmed it at the motel. Yeah. And so I remember we laughed. We, we tried to change it and then the remote stopped working. Yeah. We and at this point, off the remote. we're all in the bed. And it was, it was ironically funny for a minute. Then it was like, okay, let's turn this off. And let's then we couldn't. It and it didn't work. And so then I go to turn off the, oh, and, and then we go to change the channel. It doesn't work. We, we decide, okay, fuck it. We'll just turn it off. Just, that doesn't work. So I go up to the TV itself to either change the channel or turn it off. And the buttons were blocked because it was bolted down. The, the television was bolted down. So then I go to unplug it. And the plug was uh, uh, a thing was also had a thing on it to prevent people from stealing the TV. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't turn off this hardcore porn that, that that was also very loud. Yeah, and so we just said fuck it and went to sleep. Nobody be weird. Yeah, just you know, and we were in our early twenties. Yes, so three early twenty-year-old males all asleep it or trying to sleep in a king-size bed while aggressively hardcore <laughs> yes we and, we've been through and that was like four or five in the morning and that's not even the end of the story because it's not because we didn't get paid yeah because we, we got up the next day at like 9 a.m and we only slept for like three hours mm-hmm. and so imagine you know it's 9 a.m you hear kids outside and it's just you know just like, yeah it's still going on and you're like oh my god stop right and he takes us, he attempts to take, take us to breakfast. And so me being the aggressor, I was just like, you know what, dude, we're, we're good. If we could just get paid. Oh man. Well, my daughter called me and she's having this problem with this, this and that, this and that. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry to hear that, man. But you know, we, we just, we need our money. So we could just go home. All right. I'll, I'll get you your money and I'll send it to you. And gave him all these. Well, he wanted us to meet him at like a restaurant or something. Exactly. And then we get uh, there and he's like, I got bit by a brown recluse. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's right. That he got bit by a spider and he had to uh, go to the emergency room. Right. And then it came back later on that, Oh, the guy that my partner took the money and I don't Which, have it. Yeah. And I wasn't quite like 
that really uh, thickened me. That really kind of, uh, I'm glad that happened because I never let it happen again. Because mm-hmm. th- there's been promoters where I'm like, oh, we can burn this. I'll, I'll burn a bridge for a hundred dollars, man. Yeah. Like I, I've, I've made comments like that. I'm like, oh, I, sure, I won't work with you again. Give me my money. Fuck you, pay me. Fuck you, you know, pay me. Yeah, Goodfellas style. Like, pay me, pay me. Oh, this, this seems iffy. And and I've had mad respect for uh, uh, a lot of the promoters that just pay up front, even when like the uh, you know, people coming in are even when admissions low and stuff and, and they still just like throw throw the money they agreed on, you know, in your oh, hand. Like perfect perfect uh, example like of that. that is me and you went down to Corpus once and we mm-hmm. we got there and they're like, Yeah, we're not gonna have the show. And you were like, yeah. Cool, pay me and pay mm-hmm. him. And they did. Yeah. Yep. You're like, we drove down here. We could have been doing anything else. So pay us what you yeah. agreed. And I remember watching that going. Oh shit, Larry got gangster. Like <laughs> he just had a motherfucker pay. He was like, no, pay me all my money. Like yeah. you turn into uh, my bitch better have my money. Come yeah. rain, sleet, or snow. Nah, man. Paulie from Goodfellas, man. That's, Paulie from Goodfellas. They got fuck you, pay me. Man, we I mean, literally, we can we can sit here and go through tons of stories. Uh I recently told the story about uh you walking for cigarettes in the valley and almost getting uh and and then getting a uber ride by a serial killer by yeah i got picked up and they thought i was a, a gay prostitute um yep. bobby brought that story up and i oh, thought, did he? yeah he did he brought that up <laughs> so i ended up telling the story uh but yeah you're telling our stories yeah those are our stories well you know what those stories are now urban legends in san antonio right now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, but there's 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 lighter stories like you remember when uh me and you stayed at that one hotel that they, they had uh like beer night or like there was like a like a beer uh was that in the valley hour it was in the valley yes i do remember that and we and we would just go and take like three beers each and put them in our uh <laughs> at our uh, uh hotel, hotel fridge yeah yeah, we had like a twelve pack. Oh, I remember. I remember um, when I was really young and dumb. Uh, do you remember me like trying to take blankets from hotels and shit, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and pillows and towels and shit? Because they didn't have any of our information. <laughs> and then D was like, "Hey, man, what you doing? You got to take that oh, shit." I'm, I'm paying for that shit. Yeah. yeah. No, tons of that. Um, so All the peanut butter and toast and pancakes and continental breakfasts and oh yeah oh god. Uh, uh, napkins full of gummy bears from yep. Golden Corral. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna text you the other day uh, uh, because I, I was watching some thing about boxing and Roy Jones. Roy Jones Jr. came up, and all it, uh, all he does is remind me of when we played Knockout Kings oh. in a hotel for hours. And and that's the other that's the thing. It's like you would bring your Xbox, and instead of us going to party, and instead of us, you know. Uh, I don't know, trying to get laid or whatever comics do. Uh, we would just stay at the hotel playing Xbox and eating pizza. Yeah, while Regan jumps on the bed screaming, we eat like kids! We, we eat, eat like, like kids! kids. <laughs> we would just have sleepovers. That's all they were. We would do shows, get paid, and then have sleepovers. Yeah, it was the best. It was the best. <laughs> um, so, I think it's funny that like, uh, 
you just now are getting back into getting on stage again. Uh, I don't know. That's that's. Uh, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say that. I I, uh, I don't know. I, I just needed. I needed to again. Right. Uh, but when you, so you uh, like you're doing the the roast uh, as it says behind you, comedian with cancer. Yes. Uh, how, there you go. I remember when when I found out, and to be honest with you, I don't think it registered with me when you uh, were originally diagnosed with cancer. I don't think uh, it, in it 2016. Yeah, I don't think it registered mm-hmm. the the seriousness of the moment of of what was happening. Yeah. Um, and then you ended up having to take a step away. Uh, but before you took a step away to to get better, you recorded your uh, album. Uh, Big Mama, Big Mama, God, and, and the Hazel Hazel Light Monster. There you go. Uh, and I remember being there, and you being, and that, that was when I recognized you had taken a step from just doing comedy to like really sharing yourself and opening yourself up and uh, being vulnerable on stage. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. one of your best qualities is that oh, you, you you allow yourself to be vulnerable to the audience which allows them to laugh at these things uh, right. that are all very, very personal and very hard. You know, uh, you've, you've mm-hmm. definitely, I just did a uh, event last week for the city of Austin. It was a healing through city laughter. City of Austin. No, don't, they don't get, they don't get that West coast thing. Keep don't do that. It, okay. Uh, Sorry. But talking about healing through laughter and, yeah. uh, and that is 100% something that uh, I think describes what you've, what you've been doing. Like, you know, using laughter as a, as a healing mechanism for all of the trials and tribulations that you and your family have had to go through. What was that like? Um, what was that? Mars pizza? Is that where? No, it was, it was at the bang, bang bar, the bang, bang bar. Okay. Uh, yeah. What was that like being, uh, I know what it was like for me watching it. I, I that's the closest I've ever come to crying, uh, watching comedy. Uh, but what was that like? Cause you were getting ready to have surgery like the following week. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, uh, rushed, uh, because my, uh, urologist, uh, had said, you know, on like a Wednesday, you know, we need to operate on a Thursday. And I said, uh, my daughter's graduating on Friday. Can we push it back? And he's like, okay, we will do it next Tuesday. And so it was necessity, you know, it, it, the Bang Bang Bar is great, and I shout out to them and the uh, girls from the band Fea, F-E-A, uh, or co- co-owners of that bar who just let me have their their venue on a on a Sunday evening. And you know we packed the place, you know, uh, as as much as we could. And um, shout out to the San Antonio film community for you know coming out with you know cameras and. And uh, uh, Scott Langford, Brian Ortiz, Hector Bojoroquez, uh, Brant Bumpers, and then uh, obviously the man, uh, Jess Castro, uh, for editing it and making it mine. And it was uh, a necessity for me because I hadn't recorded professionally any of my material. And I had about an hour. Uh, of bullshit, uh, you know, a solid 45 minutes, but like I had about an hour and I, you know, needed to record it. So everything was just quick, you know, uh, also shout out to Joel Settles, 
and uh, Nicolas Valdez uh, and the Guadalupe Theater because they supplied chairs. And, and these are people that in, 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 their, in their own scenes and, and the, you know, uh, the, like Nicolas Valdez is the lead singer of a band called Los Nahuelatos. And he's a, like a really like a world renowned poet and accordion player and Latino activist. And he's friggin' pulling chairs from the back of a truck and, and, and uh, loading them for me. So, you know, I, I, I definitely felt a lot of love and everything was just go, 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 because we didn't have time and we didn't have the ability. Like I, I, could have, you know, gotten the Aztec theater and I could have, you know, put time to like trying to sell it out, but I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I got what I, I could. And then we made shirts and I was working on, on a shirt. And I think the problem with a lot of comics is they, you know, they want the perfect shirt. They're trying to design it. But I, again, necessity is, you know, the mother of invention. So I didn't, I couldn't afford full color prints of my clown logo that I wanted. So out of necessity, uh, again, shout out to creative works. Uh, my uh, wife's cousin, Leroy and his partner, Carlos, uh, made a black and white version of my clown face, which has now been my logo, which is now the, the shirt that people want over the colored shirt mm-hmm. of the, of the clown logo. They want the black and white one, but we made it out of necessity for that night. And so when I got on stage, I was tight. You know, I was like, okay, these are my bits. This is what I do. I'm not going to worry about, you know, cameras or anything like that. I'm just going to go. And so I'm going and I'm doing my material. Like if I was in, you know, like if it wasn't a room full of people that absolutely loved me and, and were worried about me, I just was on autopilot doing it. And it felt a little scripted and it felt really tight. And so I said, fuck it. I'm going to take a timeout. Okay. And everyone's like, yeah. And I said, I have the shit out of cancer. And everyone started laughing. And uh, I just talked to the, to the crowd like they were my friends because they were. And I was just like, I'm scared. I'm nervous. Uh, they said it didn't hit my brain. And I was like, oh, well that explains a lot if I have brain cancer, but they said I didn't have any. So I guess I'm just a fucking asshole. Like I, I, and I just made that up on the spot and I got a big laugh and I said, all right, let's, let's do this over. And, uh, Jess, you know, brilliantly left that in. And to your point, I think it gave it a, 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 a lot of, uh, a vulnerability because I just had to, alleviate the tension that was in the crowd and then after that everyone loosened up and then the special became what it what it was which is just you know my uh what i thought at the time was going to be my last and only uh recorded performance so after you uh and i'm not trying to sound interview but these are just questions that maybe i never asked um so when when you went after you uh, had the surgeries and you got a little better. You had it, then it went to your brain. You had a little pebble yeah. up there, um, seizures and all that. You, uh, you, you, uh, I was, che- I was checking out. Uh, like I thought you were, but then you came back, right? Yeah. And it was one of, the, it was one of those things like, you know, you're like, all right, I'm checking out and then nothing happened. Right. Thank God. Thank God. 
you come back and then now you're doing like material about your experience. So now like you're mm-hmm. talking about uh, very scary moments and you yeah. found a way to spin them in the, in the, in the funny things, you yeah. know, and, and make light of this very, very serious moment. Um, and I, and I kind of feel like you and I have that in common where bad shit can happen and we're going to find yes. a way for ourselves to, to make light of it. What else can you do? For real, for real. Uh, and that's like, that's you lean into that shit more than just about anybody I know. Like, uh, well, I don't know, man, there's, there's some sort of black cloud over me and it, it's, uh, it's, I can't sit here and think all, all this bad stuff happened to me. I just sit here and think, man, all this bad stuff almost happened to me. Cause if you really think about it, yeah, I got cancer. Yeah. I got brain cancer and all that stuff, but none of it killed me. It didn't kill me. It just sucked. Yeah. It, it's really what it boils down to is just, it sucked. It was hard, but I'm, I'm still, I'm still around. So nothing bad has happened to me. It's just been a sucky experience. It's just, you know, like uh, almost falling off a cliff or almost like it's, you know, all these close calls, right. Dodging bullets and stuff. I, I am, I am not, uh, I, I am completely grateful that I, it hasn't been worse. You know what I mean? So um, you've been on the inside of the machine of the system uh, of the cancer industry i guess yeah. like you've you've seen oh, it from yeah, from man. the inside out like yes, you know yeah. uh from doctors to the business to side pharma, of it yeah. all of that mm-hmm. uh like Big what are they making they're making mad bank right um lots but of money yeah there's stuff that you've gone through that people like like i i haven't had anybody like very close like my i've had family members that i've lost to cancer but like i wasn't there to experience like what the day to day was or what it was like mm-hmm. to have to go through that stuff. What are some of the difficulties uh, that you've had to deal with and, and, and some of the problems that you see within the system of, uh, of healthcare with people with cancer? Well, luckily I had a, a friend in Dallas, uh, his name's Clint worth. And uh, uh, he, pa- he passed away uh, a year or two ago from cancer. And he warned me about uh, Texas oncology. And so I'd like to give a big, uh, fuck you to Texas Oncology because they were uh, originally uh, my uh, my, uh, uh, my my doctor's office. I had a guy named Doctor Hasita. You know, you can sit on that. And um, they they were very obviously a for profit uh, company. And uh, Chris Rock, you know, said there's no money in the cures. Uh, money uh, in the comeback. Ain't no money exactly. in the cure. Yeah, it's like a drug dealer. And so uh, he had warned me, you know, to make sure that everything was in network, make sure everything that you do is within your, you know, your insurance, because he had to pay 75 grand for one bag of chemo. And uh, yeah, and so he fought that for a very long time. And so what the people don't realize is that cancer isn't like, Every cancer is different. And 
And so people, you know, automatically assume if you have cancer or you're going to have chemo, you're going to go bald and know that that is if you have a certain type of cancer. And I don't know what type of cancer it is. The word cancer is like the word food. It's, it's that broad. And, and, and that's one thing that I like to educate people on because with kidney cancer, for example, um, you, you don't go, you don't get chemo with kidney cancer. You have surgeries, you have, you, you have uh, things removed. And, uh, if you have a metastasis, meaning that you have, uh, cancer in different organs, then you're eligible for what's called immunotherapy, which isn't chemotherapy. And uh, kidney cancer caught early enough uh, responds very well to immunotherapy. But what they don't tell you is that immunotherapy could potentially uh, uh, do harm to your heart. And that's what I'm dealing with now. I'm dealing with slight heart uh, failure due to immunotherapy that I took a year ago. So I, uh, I'm being, you know, kind of closely monitored as far as my heart is concerned because of the immunotherapy and you don't really feel anything from the immunotherapy with the exception of appetite loss. And you also get a lot of, uh, witch doctors and I'll get into that in a second, but what had happened with my, uh, with Dr. Hasida was he was trying to get me uh, on a, on a chemo uh, medication very early on, and my uh, urologist, the one who was doing the surgeon, who was a uh, urology oncologist, when I told him about it, he said, uh, "You don't, you know, uh, kidney cancer doesn't respond to chemo." So he on like on the spot calls Doctor Hasita and is like, "What are you talking about?" and you know, but with respect, you know, like, hello, doctor, and yes, sir, and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, okay, yeah, it was a, a trial. It was a, a trial, um, uh, like an experimental drug. But he didn't tell me that. He, he, he was giving it to me like it was a the thing to do. prescription. Yeah, yeah like, because I didn't know what was what. So my, my next appointment, I'm, I'm with him, and I'm just like, well, what was that about? And he was like, well, you know, it might have, you know I, I could have gotten a fucking placebo, Aaron. I could have, I could have been, untre you know, untreated and he wouldn't have told me that. And I said, well, why, why didn't you tell me that? And then he starts yelling at me. He starts going, well, are you a doctor? Do you know better than I do? And I'm like, whoa, where the fuck is this coming from? And I said that too. So then because my urologist was with university of Texas or with university, uh, uh, health system, my, I got my oncologist, Dr. Serentopoulos, uh, and he's been fucking amazing. Uh, and so I recommend to everybody to get a second opinion and to stay away from Texas oncology because they are fucking in it to, for the money. And I wasn't put into immunotherapy until I kind of asked for it because I had the tumor during your, uh, album recording, the tumor in my kidney and the small tumors in my lungs. And so I was eligible for it and it just, uh, the cancer was too aggressive and they had to, you know, remove my, my kidney and stop the immunotherapy. And that just, you know, uh, you get tired and uh, you lose your appetite. You lose a bunch of weight, you lose, you know, muscle mass, you get really depressed and uh, you know, it, it, it makes you not want to do anything, you know, on top of the fact that you're scared to go out, at least, 
if you have the type of kidney cancer that I have, because you're constantly pissing clots, pissing blood clots, because the tumor is bleeding in your kidney and it goes down your bladder and you're going to the emergency room, getting these clots sucked out with a catheter. It's fucking awful, man. When you described the blood clots to me before that just hearing like what you were going through made me physically uncomfortable, you know, it, like yeah, to, to, to hear it. It, it, it hurts. I bet. I bet. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's really gross the way you described it. Cause you're, you're very descriptive. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Like it's, it's, uh, did you say I, it was like I, cranberry, like hand cranberry sauce coming out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, that was, that was the, the texture of it. And I compare it to when you're drinking a sonic slush, a strawberry sonic slush oh, and you oh. get a strawberry suck stuck in the straw. <laughs> Just imagine pissing and, <laughs> and then you got to stop. And you got to figure out a way to get that strawberry out. And so, yeah, there, there was times where I'd, I'd actually go into my dick hole and pull out the, the clot and it would be like this long, like a uh, strand. And then I would pull it out and all this bloody piss would come out. Yeah. That's Those sexy. are awful days. And uh. so when they decided to remove my kidney for better quality of life and put me on dialysis, it has severely improved my quality of life, even though I'm on dialysis. Really? Oh, yeah, because I don't piss anymore at all. You don't pee at all? No. And I I only drink about 30 ounces of fluid a day. And that includes like coffee in the morning and uh, water with my medicine, soups, fruits. You know, I got to count all that shit. Um, And even though I'm on a really restricted diet. Huh? Do you poop? Yeah, I poop. Okay. I have to, you know, have like stool softeners and uh, uh, Miralax and stuff like that. But yeah, I poop. Okay, but it's, but not pee. I don't. Ha- I don't pee, and I don't have to worry about pissing clots. Okay, so, so so like your dick is for nothing now. My dick is for nothing. Yeah, because my libido's gone too. So you can just hang ornaments on that shit right now. That's a Christmas tree. I can't, you can't hang ornaments on a dead tree. <laughs> I mean, my, my shit looks like, man, I bet you that Christmas tree looked really great in the mall or wherever it was in. Like I'm a mall tree. I mean, you're, you're a fucking outside tree. Yeah. I'm still an inside tree. You I'm, are. I'm a big red fern. Yeah, exactly. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, I've seen the trunk. You're one of those, like, you cannot fit that. You're an industrial Christmas tree. You are a <laughs> motherfucking, like, you're, you're a tree that, like, Bass Pro Shop would get. Oh, like grizzly bears. I'm one of the trees grizzly yeah. bears can actually climb. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're, you're a, like an outside. You're a tree that still has roots. Got you. And like, yeah. we couldn't even put an elf on the shelf on your Christmas tree. The whole thing no, fall over. Not right now. Not right now. It, 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 it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a dead tree on, on the side of the road that you're like, man, that made, that made a family. Jesus. <laughs> and it's going to fall any day now. And yeah, no, my no, insurance falling. is going to cover this. It's fallen. It's, it's fallen. And, but it was majestic. You can tell it used to be majestic. <laughs> you're so stupid <laughs> um how was how was uh upstage so i did upstage a couple weeks ago bobby was on <laughs> that's, that's a 
buddy. Uh, your dick's broken. How was upstage? You know what? Because I'm random. Uh, how was upstage? <laughs> it was good. It was good. We we we, we uh, had a good crowd. Uh, the news came out. Uh, so if people want to uh, look me up on News Four SA, uh, they they can see a really cool. Um, a, a news uh, package that uh, uh, Robert Prince did for Robert Price did uh, on me for the 10 o'clock news. And um, it was fun. I, I, I dug it. Um, I w- was nervous because I, I hadn't headlined in two and a half years. It was February of 2019 was the last time I had uh, with me he- headlined in Kerrville. Uh, no, no, no. It was uh, with Chris Breckel in some bar that Mario saw. Oh, I, I thought I was the last. I'm sorry. The, the last goes to, uh, Freddie Trevino, uh, Chris Breckel and Mario Salazar. Uh, but I headlined that, that, that was, a, a the night that I got, um, I wouldn't call it heckled, but that white guy, uh, screamed at me and, uh, told me he was tired of, uh, white people getting made fun of. Really? Uh, that was a, yeah. And, uh, I let him, I let him have it. Uh, but yeah, at upstage, I was, I was really nervous because I didn't know what I was going to say. And when I looked out into the crowd, just like uh big mama God, it was full of friends. It was full of, you know, people that I knew. And, and that's hard to like, when you when you when you don't have like like an ego and you, and you don't use the word like fans and you actually communicate with with people and don't shut them off or whatever you tend to just know a lot of people and so you can call them fans because you met them through comedy but because you know their you know lives and you know their families and stuff like that it's hard to count it, but at the same time, they're paying admission to come see it. Mm-hmm. So it's a room full of people that I know personally. It's a room full of people that have seen my specials and I didn't know what material I was going to do. And I hadn't really worked on anything. And I had only did one open mic at the laugh out loud just to make sure I, my body could handle it, you mm-hmm. know? And, uh, I'm about to go up and, uh, and, and Patrick Huerta, this, oh man, God bless him. I guess he just felt something. He's like, Hey, do you want me to put a chair on stage for you? I'm like, yeah, that would be great. So, um, I was, uh, I was given great advice by JY Cotton, uh, cause he had told me, he's like, you know, your body isn't what it used to be. And just when you go on stage, think of Richard Pryor after the fire. Mm. And I'm like, all right, okay. And my instinct wanted to, because you've seen me climb on speakers and scream and like go ape shit, you know, and I can't do that anymore. I'd hurt myself. So I went up with a, with a notepad with, with some ideas bullet pointed. And I just uh, started talking and I forced myself to sit down and I just ad-libbed an entire hour and it it went really well. I mean, it, it's not structured great. You know, there's some 
there's good callbacks, but there's a lot of ums and likes and, you know, uh, and I end with my, uh, uh, my bit on regulators. It was the only written bit, but I was like, I'll do the regulators. Cause that's not on anything. It's not on any album or any performance and it kills. Like it's, I think I was really happy cause I was recording on my iPhone and the regulators bit hadn't killed that hard, I think ever. So I closed on it and I was listening to my, uh, recording on my iPhone and I'm like, you know what, this is, I don't, I'm never going to be able to replicate this again. It was all ad-libbed except for the end. I don't think I'm ever going to get as good as a reaction. It's not bad. You know, it's got a cool like bootleg quality and I'll just put it up. So I put it up on my YouTube channel and I call it bloody teeth. And I call it bloody teeth because I was on uh, blood thinners that were causing my gums to bleed. And when I was doing the interview, I was really self-conscious about like smiling because my teeth were bloody. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was kind of talking like that or at least trying to. And when I go on stage, I have this big giant um, clot of blood, like on, on my four, four teeth. And if you look closely, you can see it. And so I, uh, I called, I, I decided just to put it out as an album and it's called bloody teeth available uh, Larry Garza comedy on YouTube. It's pretty funny. It's good. It's an hour long. That's a trip. I didn't realize you were dealing with like blood coming yeah. out your mouth. That's got to be distracting on stage. Say it again. That's got to be distracting on stage. Oh, no, you couldn't really see it. I would have to do that. No, no, no. For you performing. Oh, uh, I had gotten used to it because I had been talking a lot for that, that weekend. And, um, I was in the emergency room two nights before or, or the day before I, I almost had to cancel the gig. Uh, I was coughing up blood and, and stuff. And it was all because of the, of the blood thinners. And I had uh, tumors in my lungs that were uh, hemorrhaging. So I, I still have the ID bracelet from the hospital. And uh, I still, I, went and I still did the show and you see pictures afterwards. I look exhausted. I look, you did look, I look tired. Pretty, I look pretty bad. I didn't feel bad, but I, I guess it was the adrenaline. Yeah. I think I, I think I texted you and asked if you were okay. Yeah. I said you look tired. Yeah. yeah. People were posting pictures and I was all, like, my eyes were like barely open and stuff, but shit, I still went to Denny's. Still you, got, well, you got to, you got to, I, I was for Like people were tired and I'm like, let's, let's go. Like, if we're going to do a stand-up show, let's get the whole experience here. Right. Um, back to, like I said, this is going all over the place. I'm just asking it's you fine. stuff as, as I'm thinking, cause we're just talking. Um, it's a gray area, baby. Yeah. When was it like, were there any things that you found out, uh, were probably beneficial to help Excuse out with me. your cancer that, um, like you've got conflicting information. Cause I know you had to do a lot of your own <laughs> research. Is there like about weed uh, and other things? Cause you got a lot of advice from people on stuff to use. Uh, yeah, and you ended up researching bullshit. a bunch of bullshit. Uh, mm -hmm. What did you find that, that helped that maybe surprised people or what didn't help? What, what did you think find out was like more detrimental? So what's, what's total bullshit is the whole CBD thing. Is it? Oh, absolutely. Um, it, it's snake oil, man. And I, I will challenge anybody to that because I am a 
stage four cancer fighter that has all of the uh, side effects now from chemo uh, medications. I, I had seizures and we actually got the CBD oil from Colorado. Uh, that was a strain called Charlotte's Web that they were giving to children that were having seizures. And the uh, shitty thing about that is that they would say, you know, uh, and, and because of this uh, Charlotte's Web, you see that seizures would go away after 30, sec- 30 to 45 seconds. Seizures don't last that long. That's usually how long seizures last. But again, I didn't know at the time. So I'm taking this CBD oil with a tincture under my tongue, right? And the thing about it is that you get all the negatives because I, I have a very low tolerance for weed. You know that mm-hmm. recreationally. And you get all of the negative effects of weed and none of the positives, meaning that you get paranoid, you get uh, uh, dizzy, you get a sinking feeling. If you're a person like me with that has a low tolerance, but you're not high. So it's just an ugly feeling. It's like the opposite and, of blade. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like being a day walker, but you have to be in a coffin all the time. Right. And, and so I did that for, for a long time, it, about four or five years ago. And it just, it did not work. It, uh, then when I started having, uh, then I, because that didn't work, I kind of said, fuck it and tried to go just full on weed, you know, and it was, it was fun. You know, it was just, a, a it was fun to get high. Uh, when I would get high and not freak out, which, you know, I had friends that were getting stuff straight from Colorado and, you know, from dispensaries as opposed to shit getting like made in a, you know, in like garage, like edibles, because you can't smoke with. Well, I had, I had at the time, uh, I freaked out pretty bad on edibles, except for some cookies made with blue dream. That, that, that was nice, but I don't like edibles because for most people it takes, you know, 30 minutes to kick in. For me, it takes hours to kick in. Really? Yeah. 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 And, uh, it would usually, I would, I would take the edible. God knows like, like even like six in the evening wouldn't kick in. I'd go to sleep and then I'd wake up at two in the morning high as fucking as ever. And I'd be high for like 12 hours. Like seriously. So that, you know, that didn't help my help me either because it was scary uh, again, except for the blue dream cookies. That right. I um, so then that made me focus highly on strains. And then I started vaping uh, and I vaping helped me kind of control the intake, but the, I only did it recreationally. I didn't do it to cure any side effects or anything. It didn't help with anything. Really? So then not yeah, nothing didn't help with anything ex- except for like getting high. I mean, I, I call bullshit on anybody that says it does anything otherwise. Um, and so then finally fast forward to when I did have chemo because I, I had stopped for uh, smoking weed for a little while because of the lung uh, tumors and stuff. And uh, then I started the immunotherapy I was telling you about and, lost my appetite and I was like, okay, this is what weed's for. Cause I even talked to my doctors about it and there's not enough, uh, um, there's not enough, uh, 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 what's it called? Evidence 
uh, to show exactly what weed's good for outside of appetite suppression and uh, some uh, chronic pain. So then that's what I dealt with with the immunotherapy was appetite suppression and chronic pain. So then I uh, uh, had a friend bought me a bunch of just flour. I finally gave up on it because I heard vape was causing like, you know, uh, your lungs to whatever. And it's hard to get the cartridges. Mm -hmm. And so I just got, you know, a good strain and I got flour and smoked and I was in chronic pain high. Okay. You know, which sucks. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever been in pain high, but yeah. You feel it even more. Exactly. Exactly. Like you're, you're relaxed, but then you're like my leg, you know, and then your body's so relaxed that you don't like get up to do anything about it. No. And you're also like analyzing the pain because you're yep. high and you're like, hyper. where is this, where is this originating from? Is it this or could it be that? Could it now? Yeah. And, and you start to like, yeah. And that's all the weed did. And so outside of just relaxing and being high and didn't do anything for me medically. And so uh, I'm a big anti-advocate of marijuana helping cancer patients it's complete bullshit if you want to if you enjoy getting high just say that just say that and if you're a cancer patient that just likes to you know escape for a little bit and enjoy the euphoria that the weed gives you say that but don't don't lie and say that it helps cure your pain because it's total bullshit because i've been in pain high so is there anything that you found that helped that you didn't, that you didn't expect to, uh, was there anything, any treatment they gave you that was more beneficial than you, than you thought it was no. going to be? No, I mean, honestly, they've just been chop, chop it away at me with the, the tumors and, uh, no, man, I, I, w- I wish, I wish I could, I could say, but I can't, I, I can honestly say that getting a second opinion is probably the most important thing. Cause you, you go into a doctor, listen to what they say and expect that they're out for your best interest. So the most surprising thing for me, and this was about five years ago when I experienced it is getting a second opinion on whatever diagnosis that, that you get and, and advocating for yourself. Um, I also was surprised at how um, okay I was at being by myself in the hospital because I was hospitalized during COVID. So I couldn't have visitors. So I experienced both having too many people in my, you know, uh, room to where you're not actually resting versus being alone for like weeks and not eating. And, and, and that, you know what, I'll say that is, um, you know, I'm on a restricted diet now and outside I would, I, I, one thing I realized is I feel a lot better not eating processed foods, n- not eating, uh, uh, pack pre-packaged stuff, uh, pre, uh, frozen stuff, uh, not eating like, uh, not drinking sodas. Uh, I know it sounds like kind of cliche, but that really did a, a, a big 180 on me, uh, taking away all of that, but also on the flip, I want people to enjoy life and not worry about what they're eating so much, because if there's ever 
comes a time where it, it gets restricted. You're going to miss, you know, oh man, I, I, I could have been eating avocados. Like I can't have avocados and potatoes and stuff like that. And no potatoes. Know, no. Yeah. I, it's too much potassium. Mm. I don't have the kidneys to process it. So I would recommend that people enjoy the food that they enjoy and not like uh, punish themselves because they think it's like healthier options. You'd be surprised what's actually not healthy for you uh, that I've learned. And it all depends on why. Like healthy is a subjective term. Mm -hmm. Like if you're like, if you're a healthy person with healthy organs and wheat and grains are fine for you. Yeah. Yeah. But for me, I don't have the kidneys to process them. So they would hurt me. So I have to have like, Things that are like I have to eat white bread and you know plain white bread. stuff. Yeah, white white bread. White bread. Mm-hmm. Come in here with some so, white bread. What we fucking wonder bread ass motherfucker. Yeah. So you just gotta en- enjoy what what you can and not worry so much until until you have to, and then you can look back and be like, hell yeah, I ha- I've had fucking porterhouse steak and. You know, all the shit that you want to try, try it, Fucking red lobster like a motherfucker. Yeah, eat salmon, man. No. No, I'm not going to eat salmon. Eat salmon, fool. Like Like a bear, like a grizzly bear. The closest I got was you. You got the closest to getting me to to consume it. Uh, Yeah, I'm proud of it, but salmon's good. Whatever. Um, So through through this whole experience that you've gone through over the past like six or so years... Uh, you've also met like a great community of people that you probably otherwise wouldn't have uh, been subjected to. Uh, can you talk a little bit about like the the community? Because it looks like it's a very positive community within the cancer community of people that are like of survivors and people that are uh, still fighting. Uh, like, can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, kind of. To be quite honest with you, man, it's, it's really competitive. A, a lot of people I've noticed have thrown ribbons like the cancer community cancer hits everybody Mm -hmm. so everybody's in the cancer community everybody is and if someone gets a polyp and gets the polyp removed they're fine right they'll fucking put pink ribbons all over their car and be you know uh, i'm a cancer fighter i'm a cancer warrior i hate my cancer brother like, it's it's gross you know i i've seen it on on facebook groups where someone will have you know kidney cancer have like a like a partial uh, kidney removal which is a big deal for that person you know that's a you know you know so somebody else's 10 may not be your 10 but it it's still their 10 but at the same time, I, I can't help but kind of, uh, kind of, I don't, I don't know, roll my eyes when they get orange ribbon tattoos, and you know, and it's just like you got, you got a, a tumor removed, and you're good, and you're, you're, you're gonna be fine, and they get this big old fucking thing on their wrist, and just like fighter butterflies, all that sort of shit. And and I and I and people just running around, you know, I had cancer and da da da. And I was that person when I first got it. And I thought I was like, okay. And I was smooth sailing. And then it went to my brain. 
And I was like, oh shit, this, this is real. And then I took it for granted in 2018. I thought I was past it. And I was actually trying to not go under the, you know, comedian with cancer subtitle. I was trying to kind of break that. And then it just was like, no motherfucker. Cancer doesn't care if you have a ribbon on cancer doesn't care if you either putting stickers on your truck, you know, it'll, it'll fuck you up if it wants to. So unfortunately there isn't in my opinion, a community, unless you want to be that sort of mum wearing person. And I'm, I'm not, uh, I will say that I do, uh, love and appreciate the people that are suffering from it. And I get a lot of messages from people who, you know, tell me from their shows, Oh, I just got diagnosed and I was really scared. And then I, you know, I saw your stand up, and it, it, I'm not, I'm not too worried. And, and I know it's going to suck, but at least I know that I can pull through it. And I, at least, and that's the message that I try to send out is that it's like, you know, everyone has, bumps in the road and this is just going to be a major bump in the road for you but you're going to you're going to get through it there's total advances in in medicine and i'm sure they could cure it if they wanted to but they want to keep you alive so you can you know mm-hmm. trust me that the doctors don't want to kill you they want to keep you alive so you could buy more medicine and 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 get more surgeries and stuff uh that's sure. why i recommend for people to go to like uh 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 like learning hospitals, like, like universities and, and stuff like that. Because if they have a professor doing a surgery, they're going to be teaching very intricately how to do the surgery correctly. And um, you're not going to have to worry about someone trying to like get you out like a, like a, like a assembly line worker. or something. The assembly line, there you go. And um, yeah, but I don't have any like cancer friends or I don't have any like, uh, buddies that I, I, I've, I've made because of having cancer. I will say that it has really helped my comedy career and I am not ashamed to pull the cancer card, you know, uh, because it's not like I don't have it. Right. You know, so I'm like, fuck it, I'll use it. And if it gets, if it gets me a cut in line, you know, if I got to take every advantage you can, I, I wish there was a community, but it's just, it's not me, man. It's, there, there is one. I'm just not, you know, I'm not, I'm not that I'm not, I, I, I plan on when they allow me to have tattoos to get maybe an orange ribbon, but that's just so if an ambulance finds me, they can see that I have kidney cancer, you know what I'm saying? Just get your tags, all of your shit tattooed on you. I'm telling you, seriously, like that's, that's really the main reason why I'd want to do it. Uh, so the roast is December 29th. Uh, mm-hmm. What brought the roast about? So, so I was hospitalized, uh, this past August and things weren't looking good. I was on a, on a feeding tube and, uh, this was after my uh, kidney surgery where they removed my last kidney in July. And I had, uh, complications from the surgery where I had a, a blockage in my intestine and I just, I, I wasn't keeping things down. So they had uh, a feeding tube. One tube was putting food in and the other one was sucking up, you know, so I had one, I had two tubes doing two different things. And, um, 
based on numbers in labs. Like my numbers look terrible. Like on paper, I look like I should be like, you know, on a hospital bed. So I was assigned what's called a palliative care team. Now people get really scared. Like if you're to Google palliative care, because one of the things that they offer is hospice care. So palliative care is kind of the transitional team from, you know, the, uh, the, the doctors that are trying to save your life versus the doctors that are trying to make it comfortable for you to die. And so the palliative care team, that's, that's what they do. So now it wasn't like they were telling me I was going to die, but they were just basically telling me, you know, pretty much like you're leaning more towards you're going to die versus you're going to be okay. And uh, it's probably smart for you to make plans. And I'm like, yikes. Okay. All right. Fuck it. That's fine. And so I called a funeral home and made plans. I, I, I did power of attorney and I, they talked to me and, and they gave me the perspective that, you know, a lot of people don't have this opportunity, you know, people just drop dead mm-hmm. and the family has a lot of burden and trying to find, well, I don't know what they would have wanted and all that sort of shit. And then, you know, uncle Rufus ends up getting put in a tan suit and everyone's like, uncle Rufus would never wear a tan suit, you know, like that sort of shit. And yeah. so uh, I called a, a funeral home and just kind of made, things official of like what I wanted. And you would be surprised how flexible, because I mean, you're paying for it at a funeral home would be like, you know, I'm like, can we have whoopee cushions under the kneelers? And they're like, yeah, sure. You know, and uh, we'll, we'll find a guy to, is you're paying for it, you know, and you're like, Oh, can I have recessed lighting in the casket and all shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, And you're, and I even asked to find a black casket, you know, just, which is surprisingly, not available, but they found a pretty dark wood. If you're getting cremated, you, you know, no black casket. But um, yeah, it, it was fun planning that. And then I started planning my memorial. And we were talking about Tommy Munoz earlier, and he passed away out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And so we had his memorial on a Comedia Gogo night on a Wednesday at the Laugh Out Loud Comedy Club, just like what's happening now. Uh, we had his urn up there and during the day we, there was a dinner, I'm sorry, a lunch, uh, in his honor. And, and, uh, by like eight o'clock was his memorial and there was his urn and I hosted it and, uh, comics would come up to talk about him and it wasn't so much intended, but it turned out, turned into a roast. I mean, because that's just how comics mourn mm-hmm. and it was about 20 20 people. It was just like open to whoever wanted to go up and speak. And it was, uh, it was beautiful. It was nice. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, I'd like that. And I want that. And I, uh, but I want my friends to know that they could be mean, you know, because a lot of people were worried about the family and worried about offending Tommy's family, which I, I was too. You know, but they they were like, Tommy would have wanted you to go all in and, you know, go for it. And it was a lovely uh, family. And so my family's not like that. My family would get offended. My family would want to. Your wife fight. would fight. Yeah. Real fast. Yeah, my wife, my wife would fight. My sister, Rachel, would fight. My sister-in-law, Jeanette, would fight. So I was like, I want a roast. And I was, I was getting with Jess and I was getting with Regan and, 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 and Jay Cotton. 
and just saying, this is what I want. And I even asked you to be a pallbearer. I don't know if you remember that. I, yeah, I do very, very much. So yeah. remember that. And so I said, you know, get with the LOL. I wanted to be like Tommy's. I want my urn there. And, you know, I wanted to be like a Dean Martin roast and I wanted to be real like, blah, 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 like old school. And, and I was planning it. And then I ended up getting out of the hospital. I ended up, you know, coming home. I ended up getting better. I ended up, you know, gaining weight and, you know, being a little bit more active. And what would get my mind off of things and what would excite me was planning this memorial. And I would talk to Andy about it all the time. It's like, oh, and we should get this. And, oh, I should message this. And, oh, I need to, you know, whatever. It sounded like Eddie Murphy doing his impression of uh, Bill Cosby doing an impression of his son and his student impression of him going, and then suck my this and do this and do whatever you yeah. remember on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do this, that, and, that, and suck this and put and it in your mouth. Suck this and get out and suck this and, and kiss my this. And so uh, <laughs> I kept doing that. And Andy said, you know, you don't have to be dead to do this, right? And I'm talking to Tori Poole and I kind of, I, and I told her basically what Andy said. And she texts Kevin, the manager of the LOL, and she's like, in the middle of our conversation, oh, hey, I'm, I'm texting Kevin, what night do you want? And I'm like, what? And so she just, she was like, why wait? You know, and, and that's the thing that I've noticed about uh, my, my female friends, especially if they're moms, they're just like, cut the bullshit and just let's get it done. Yeah. And so uh, Tori uh, got that with Kevin and, and Kevin's an amazing manager at the improv LOL had me pick a night and I picked, you know, a, a night that I would assume people would be on Christmas vacation and, you know, not, not have anything to do. And we sold that fucker out. There you go. Congratulations on the sellout. Um, and I'm really upset that you're not there. Everyone besides you that I, uh, that I asked said yes. So there's too many people. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm glad I could be the exception to the rule. Somebody had to turn yeah. you. I got to reject you. See, you're that hot bitch. They get everything <laughs> you want your whole fucking life. Somebody's got to be that red oak tree and say, yeah, nah, I'm telling you, nah, that, dad, that daddy tree, that daddy dick. Uh, nah, you keep your motherfucking roast. <laughs> <laughs> I give a fuck. Yeah. I eat fried food. I don't roast shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, side note, what are, what are you looking forward to next year? Or like, cause next I'm year? next year. Because we're being around. Well, that's gonna that's that's a given. You're gonna be here. Um, okay. At least till June. You're you're gonna be here till your birthday. I'll say till your birthday. After your birthday, I see you being like, "Fuck it!" Like the rest of the year is a wash, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> but you gotta have one more fucking birthday party in the backyard with some fucking movies mm -hmm. and shit. Um, like like for instance, uh, the new Spider Man coming out mm. just came out. Uh, yeah. And I'm looking forward to seeing that. You know, hopefully over the Christmas break. What shit in twenty twenty two? Where you? What's your? Do you have a? Do you have a New Year's resolution? No, no. I, I, I honestly, man, I, I am, with the exception of the roast, trying to live a day at a time, and you know, soaking in every every moment that I'm experiencing. Like right now, right, or right now is like a like a beautiful moment. It's fun, and it and it's going to be. Uh, uh, immortalized. I can, I can revisit it. It's being recorded. So that's, that's awesome. I'm with one of my best friends, you know, uh, talking shit, reminiscing about all the 
great moments that we had and in, in our friendship doing comedy and, and and it 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 just makes me laugh that the moments that we cherish aren't even on stage some of them are some a lot of good but, times at sam's burger joint yeah and 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 at, at sam's yeah but a lot of them were on stage but it was all to make each other laugh but when we traveled to do stand-up it was all about getting there and, and coming back and w- what we did to pass time versus doing during the shows because we're all in our head before we get on stage. And when we get on stage, we just, we're doing our act with the, with few exceptions, but you know, if, if uh, you're talking about like an event or like something in pop culture, I will say that I, was before the pandemic deciding to go to concerts again. And I had bought tickets to a few shows that unfortunately had to cancel because of the pandemic. One of the shows that didn't cancel was, uh, 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 um, was the Deftones concert. They were supposed to come in 2019 in September and that show got rescheduled, rescheduled, and now it's set for May of 2022. And I uh, have uh, GA tickets, general admission tickets, which I it, it, like. People are selling them for like big, big bucks because they they sold out back in 2019, and now the Deftones announced that they were you know going to honor those tickets. Nice. And I'm sitting there with tickets that are two years old, going on three years old. Uh, and they're, you know, the front, not front row, but I could pr- pretty much get front row if I tried, mm-hmm. but with my fucking cancer ridden ass, I, you know, yeah, <laughs> probably know sit in the back. It. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something that I'm looking forward to, uh, in 2022 is going to see the Deftones live. And, you know, if the, I'm nervous about the amount of people, you know, I'm nervous about being shoulder to shoulder with somebody, but it's going to be awesome to see one of my favorite bands in person. Um, can you tell your son, I said, thank <laughs> you for introducing my kids to some other video game shit that now I have to answer for. Um, <laughs> introducing him to that Nintendo switch. And there's been a lot of questions. Like now they've been putting the pressure on me to play some video games since, since your I'm- son, really yeah. leaned into that shit with them. Like they were, they were dead. To, we were dead to them at the table. Like my kids didn't give yes. a fuck about us. Cause it was like, what is this game and how do I play yeah. it more? Yeah, no, uh, Gunner is a legitimate gamer. Uh, and I can honestly say that without, you know, uh, cringing. Like he, he's all into the YouTubers and Twitch channels. He follows people, watches people play games he beats games at 100 percent. gets trophies and you know all the stuff that like a real gamer would care about he cares about and he's 11 and so the switch i honestly feel for a parent for a parent that's a gamer like you uh it's definitely worth the, the money simply because not only is it portable but it's very easily attachable to like a, like a big screen. You can attach it to your, you know, television just, just by simply, you know, popping it in. Uh, you can make it two players, you take the controllers off the sides and, you know, uh, give one to Kennedy and one to Zoe. 
Uh, and don't it, give me the all, sell pitch. Don't try to sell I, me I'm, on this shit. I'm trying. No, I'm to, sorry, man. I'm sorry that I think the Nintendo the I, Switch lights kind of bullshit. I'm trying to convince them that that shit was a figment of their imagination, and it doesn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> Here you are selling it. But how can you? But how can you say that as a gamer? You're a gamer yourself. Oh, it's because I'm a dad, and I don't want to do shit. Like that's, that's what well, that then, is. It, well, if if you're a dad and you don't want to do shit, then you need to fucking throw the money down on this Switch because I'll tell you what. If you uh, you give it to them, you don't have to do shit because they're going to be occupied with the switch. Cool. I'll tell them Uncle Larry's got one in the mail for him. Oh, don't tell me that because I'll fucking do it. <laughs> don't do that shit. Don't hey, do, see, this. <laughs> don't do that for shit. For a second, Uncle Larry will buy them a switch because I'm getting fucking fundraiser money coming up. I'll fucking throw in a switch for no, my we're not, we're not. We're not doing that shit. Don't do that. Don't All do right. that. Uh, <laughs> we got to get out of here. Larry, I love you. Uh, to I love death. you. Um, I'll tell you this. Um, one of the things that has been a bright spot for me over the past 18 months is like, we've talked a hell of a lot more over the last 18 months. Uh, and, and while you were going through all your shit and, uh, you would tell me, please continue to send me random messages. Cause I would just yes. randomly send you yes. stupid stuff that was going through my head. And when you said, no, please keep sending it to me. Like it for me, um, I knew you were okay because, because like you, you know, I would send you something and you may not get to it right away, but then you'd respond to whatever dumb shit I said. And that was my way of knowing that, okay, Larry's okay. I don't have to worry. Cause like Ashley would be like, so how's Larry doing? I'm like, oh, he's all right. And she's like, oh, did you talk to him? What'd you guys talk about? I was like, I sent him something dumb and he said something dumb back. So he's good. Like that booger was t- booger titties. Yes, yeah. booger titties and everything else. Um, Grizzly farts. Yeah, yeah. Fuck short people. I was sending you a lot of random just thoughts <laughs> that I had throughout the day, and and that that made me that made it easier. That made it. Uh, well, that that helped me too. Uh, probably more than it helped you, I'd say. Because probably it made me. I didn't have to repeat. I didn't copy and paste from an, another text about how I was doing. It yeah. was, it, it was something unique and, and it didn't make me feel sick. It made me feel like I was okay. And I, to be honest with you, I didn't want you to copy and paste. And if anything's like, I just wanted to talk to Larry the way I talked to Larry. And anytime mm-hmm. as I, like I told my wife, if there was something wrong, he would say it. Yeah. But if, the, but if he's responding back with, that shit's funny or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Or we just end up going on a rant back and forth via text on going down a rabbit hole on some bullshit. Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. Um, but it definitely like, cause I told you this last time when you went back last year, it hit harder for me. You know, it, it resonated a little bit more when you got sick the first time I wasn't a dad and I hadn't right. lost people to cancer. Uh, and I was still, uh, young, dumb and full of cum. Yeah. <laughs> what song? That's sweet. What song? Do you That's know? Sweet. Is that a song? That's from I, a song. That is from a, a song. That's a saying. I know the saying. Oh. What song? Uh, Purple Pills. G D twelve. Could have fooled me. I did fool you. You did. I did. Uh, but that definitely made like it made me feel better, and uh, it helped me out knowing that I could just send you stupid text and. And just have that we could still have silly conversations and that you weren't that bad. So uh, as much as it helped you, just know that it also helped me out a lot, too. Well, thank you, Aaron. And I love you. And I love the kids that you've created during this. And uh, you need to buy them a Nintendo Switch. Don't do this And shit. Uh, people uh, listening. 
through the gray area, please uh, Don't message uh, Aaron as much as you can mm-hmm. comment on his post uh, to buy uh, his kids a Nintendo Switch. Um, you know what's going to happen? Now I'm going to go hard the other way and they're never going to get shit. Like, <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Well, you know, that's your your audience isn't going to let that happen. For Alonzo and Kennedy to get them a Nintendo Switch, just make sure that anytime Aaron posts anything about anything that you see, and follow him at what is it? The Aaron Cheatham? Uh, underscore Aaron Cheatham. Yeah. Follow at underscore Aaron Cheatham on Instagram. And anytime he makes a post or a story, say, so where that switch at though <laughs> what's up with that switch g uh is the, is the switch legit like that do you fuck with the, the switch oh i'm getting two thumbs up from g back there yeah no the switch uh, like and you're talking to an ex gamestop employee mm-hmm. that hates that hates video games and and hates what video games have become and the switch has reversed that for me i hear your sales pitch and I, it's it's a lot of fun, and, and I, I don't I don't oh dude Nintendo's a you know they're they're worse than Sony when it comes to proprietary shit, but they they made a system for a fan for families that's uh, straight up more than the and Wii? gamers way more than the Wii they they took the benefit of the Wii and the uh, benefit of 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 like the old school um, Nintendo the NES. And combine them into like HD. It's like an N64, a Wii, and an NES put together. And then when you join the fucking, you know, you pay $4 a month for the Nintendo Club, you can, you have all access to every Super Nintendo game, pretty much. Yeah. Every Nintendo this, game. This is a, this is a great sales pitch. I'm still giving it a meh. Uh, I'm, I'm going to fight meh. this as long as I can. You, you would, you would play it probably more than the kids. Doubtful, doubtful. Zogo's hard. Like he's been nagging me about games. Yeah. Like legit for like we I've I finally just let him start playing the Xbox. Like fuck it. He he stopped playing his the, Genesis. The the original Xbox? No, not the original or, Xbox. Or the uh, Xbox One. The Xbox One. Because you were playing the original Xbox when the X- Xbox whatever don't, don't came tell, out. Don't let these niggas know about my shit, how I be holding it. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck are you doing? <laughs> if if there's anyone that, that need that that should have a Twitch channel, it's you. We're working on that. We're working on I w- that. I, I would watch your Twitch stream. I would watch you and Jess's Twitch. I was doing like old school games on Xbox yeah, for a while, but I didn't have a camera. And it was like, well, there's yeah. no sense in doing this. Um, mate, that's my New Year's resolution. I'm gonna get some cameras yeah. and we're mm-hmm. gonna and we're gonna and we're gonna make some more shit happen. Well, see what the gray area producers are are willing to help you with. These man, niggas don't give that's... a fuck about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they give a fuck about me? No. No, it's a blessing that I get to sit at this goddamn table right now. That's it, they give me scraps. Well, it's a, it's a it was a blessing being your guest, man. So thank you very much for having me. Uh, no, anytime, legit. Um, where can people follow you and get information? Uh, and give them those uh, Venmo and Cash App again if they want to help out. Thank you. So if you want to help out, my Venmo is at Larry Garza. I was lucky enough to get that. Uh, uh, you can Cash App me a dollar sign Larry Garza Comedy. Uh, you could, uh, you know, what's it called? Google pay at Larry Garza comedy or Larry Garza comedy at gmail.com. Uh, you can hit me up in the DMS at Instagram for uh, my Zelle or Apple pay at Larry Garza comedy, Larry Garza comic on Twitter, uh, or just look up, uh, Larry Garza on Facebook. Um, 
I'm the one with this face. <laughs> and if you want to send me money to get my kids a switch, yeah. <laughs> do that. If you guys want do to be a part of that movement, take, uh, take 20% of whatever you're willing to give me and give it to, to Aaron's uh, uh, switch fund. Aaron's switch fund. You know what that sounds like? It sounds like I'm going to go out to a tree and break off a branch. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know what? I, uh, if, you, if you donate to Aaron's switch fund, he'll break off a branch from his uh, tree, if you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? You get broke off you a know, little piece you, of this sweet potato you know pie. What I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Huh. Make sure you hit every branch on the way down. You'll hit every said, branch. Did you just quote Domino? Yes. <laughs> 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 wow, yeah. we didn't even touch on our knowledge of '90s hip hop. It's oh, I know. You know what? You're gonna have to come back so we can uh, do that because we. I think we got all the serious stuff out now. So next time we're just uh, gonna we're just gonna basically do what I we do in the car. That in I'm that guy, and she's so fly. I gotta get a piece of that piece sweet of potato that. pie. No, it was slower than that. It's Domino. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I know. Bang bang. <laughs> One, two, three, and this is OG. Give it up and up and up. Wing, wing. Yeah. Yeah. That old jab is about to, to slam. slam. Some notes, some biggity. Ding, ding. ding. Yeah. <laughs> That's the shit. That is the shit. Larry, I love you. Get a piece. I love you too. I love you to death, brother. Uh, stay safe. I'll see you when I get back in Ooh, town. You know what season it is? I, I know we're trying to cut off. Cuffing season? It, it's Mariah Carey. Uh, 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 carpool karaoke season is what it is. It is. This is, you know so, what? That's the thing. Cause usually in December we would be trying to scoop up shows and stuff, and yeah, there'd be a for, lot of Mariah Carey in the car for Christmas. For Christmas, for Christmas money, and uh, we'd be driving, and yeah, you recorded us doing a sing along to uh, Many fantasy, times. fantasy. Uh, there's one to me singing Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, but the one that always gets shared is, is because uh, we ended up court doing that choreography uh-huh. that we that we didn't even uh, plan for. Mm-hmm. It just you know, I'm, I'm hearing it though in my head. Of, mm-hmm. You know what? Hey, gee, uh-huh. I'm gonna send you that video. Yeah it it was way before carpool karaoke. So oh, we were the originators. OGs. That fat Brit stole that shit from us. Exactly. He owes me royalties, motherfucker. <laughs> Bangers and mash ass eating, bitch. Bangers and mashed potato eating ass Brit motherfucker. Fucking Muppet. He's a fucking Muppet. <laughs> fucking limey, bitch. Limey ass bitch. Larry, take care of yourself, brother. I'll see you soon. Right. I love you to death. Make sure you guys follow Larry at all those places and uh, best of luck on the roast. Uh, hopefully Andy doesn't have to put her hair up and square up. Oh fuck! Well, we'll see. This sold that's out. Fun. It's gonna be it's gonna be a blast. I can't wait to see the pictures and the videos and all that. Uh, and and we, and we're streaming it, so make sure you follow uh, Comedia Goku's YouTube channel. You know what? I might just I might just be watching it live from the airport. Okay. And fuck it. Yeah, actually, I'll be on a plane. I won't be watching it live because I really don't care. Um. Anyways, Larry, it's good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Aaron. I love you, man. I love Take you, care. brother. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.
Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.